0: Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have my friend, former UFC champion, former Strike Force champion. I think he's ranked number five in the UFC right now, and he may be having a very interesting big fight coming up. I'm talking about Tyron Woodley. Let's get started. Tyron, welcome to the show, buddy. Welcome back to the show.
1: No, how you been, my man? It's been a minute.
0: Good, dude. How are you?
1: I've been good, man. You've been cranking these out. I've been watching <sighs> Like this dude ain't bushing,
0: dude. You were my first. You were my first one back after nine months off, and I got serious about it. Wanted to do it this way, this format, where I could just knock them out of my house and just and just do them, you know, via Skype. Um, because I love doing this, man. But it was just a big process before, you know, having having such a big, uh, a big a big program kind of thing going. Um, and so you were my first one back when the quarantine started, and it's been probably 40, 40 episodes since then, <laughs> dude. It's just been. Man.
1: It's been good though because you get a lot of different fighters and different perspectives, and your relationships with different people is going to make them answer questions differently. Because when they're just a reporter, sometimes they don't feel like you went through the grind, you went through the struggle, you know what I mean. But when you're a fighter, it's like we're willing to give you the extra edge because you're appreciating, you're actually understanding. So.
0: Yeah. so I've been
1: checking them out. They've been dope.
0: Thanks, man. Yeah, I got DC tomorrow. I'm excited about that one as well. So, but you, my friend, being my friend. And, and my brother, it's awesome having you back on the show and, and catching up with you. First of all, how's your health? How's your training? How's everything going? I hear America's going fucking nuts with uh, the quarantine thing and the, the COVID. So first of all, where are you at? Because I know you're traveling.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm doing well. I was in, I'm in Los Angeles, sorry. Uh, I know I camp was coming up. So what I want to do is clear my head because normally, you know, my first instinct is going to be to come to Thailand, AKA Thailand, yeah. to do a pre-camp before my camp. Um, But with the borders <laughs> closed now, you know, yeah. and not not having that big bankroll, I can just you know bring everybody out private. Yeah, and it just put me in a different situation. So I went out to Big Bear for a little bit, clear my head, just to get ready to get back in the grind because it was a long camp, man. It was all the way from December, end of December, beginning of January, training in Thailand, came back Atlanta, then the pandemic hit. the You know, a few days before my fight, and then it was just delay, 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 delay. Finally I got in there so I needed to detach from that entire camp and start fresh. So I needed to eat some terrible ass food. I needed to, you know, yeah, stay right. up late. I needed to have a little fun. So I did that and right when I left Big Bear and I, you know, got to the point where I felt like, Who did I start having the conversation, come back up about fighting again. So yeah. look like I'm gonna be fighting Kobe Covington. Um the date we know right now, but I'm pretty confident it's gonna be a main event. May event ESPN Plus, me versus Kobe, and uh,
0: shit. This is the first place I talked about that. So
1: damn
0: nice. <laughs> the thing is, the last couple of fights you had, man. I, as a friend, I know you personally, and the things you went through, and like especially the way you were tossed around between, uh, you know, England and getting ready for the next, the last fight, and everything else. It's like. Yeah. I'm excited to see you focused and like have a full camp and be in one place and and be motivated. And what better opponent than somebody that you hate, Kobe? Yeah, Kobe. Covington, you know, it, it, this is a
1: big fight for me. This is probably the biggest fight in my career, to be for, honest. Yeah. Because it's, it's a situation. It's like bragging rights, and it's like he's talked all this shit, but in my mind, he really knows what what time it is. But now that he has talked that much shit. Now he got to try to live up to it. He got to try to beat me, you know. He's been calling me out for four, three, three, four years down there. So yeah. now it's to the point where it's like it's personal. And the other fights didn't really mean as much. Like, you know, I, I feel like Usman and Gilbert kind of goofy. And it's like they – I really didn't feel no animosity towards them. I really didn't feel no no real rah-rah. But I feel that with Kobe. And, and some of the other guys, I felt the urgency because of how good they were. Carlos Condon and Robbie Law. Those guys are OGs. Like, yeah. Natural Born Killer, Ruthless, Gorilla, all these fucking different monstrous uh, fighters that I got to bring it to them because they sure the fuck bring it to me. So I think Kobe's going to bring me that, that first time I get that opponent at the press conference is going to be like, we probably just going to break the internet, to be honest.
0: It's, it's an unbelievable fight, bro. And, and then, like, yeah. I can relate on a very lower level as far as, like, as you get older and as you've been – not not, as, not even getting older, but just having so much experience. You yeah. need motivation to, to get yourself fired up. Like, I, I needed motivation of, like, promoting the gym and actually doing my fight camp from – this dream gym that I built to be able to fight in 2015. If it wasn't for that, I would have never yeah. done it, bro. I would have never got in there and fought again at 36 years old. But because of that, that was kind of my fire. You being a champion, you did everything, bro. You're you know, you're know, arguably one of the best welterweights of all time, a multiple-time champion, four-time, five-time champion, whatever it is, um, force champion. So it's like for you, I can totally understand needing that motivation to really fill you know that empowerment inside, that fire inside, and that flame, and I think Kobe's going to be the guy to bring it out for you. And and y'all been going back and forth. And what I was going to ask you, what? Yeah. So, so I know you know, and I know the story obviously from you and everything. But in the media and and leading into this fight, what is it that like? First of all, I just want to say because he's a tough fight. Let's not forget about that. Yeah. So pe- people watching this, let's not let's not forget the fact that Kobe is a tough fight. It's not like some, you know, obviously you're, you're putting yourself out there to fight a tough, tough fighter. He is a tough fighter. He's probably gotten better since, since you've seen him train before. Um, But he's just so, he's so steady talking, man. He's so, he has that kind of, kind of Connor confidence kind of thing. How much of that do you think is just uh, air? And how much of that do you think he's actually improved since you've trained with him and since you've known him and, and he believes that he is that much better?
1: You know, all, well, I've seen them and I've known them. It's all I act from yeah. the beginning to the end because I know the real person. I used to pay Kobe as a training partner like four or five hundred bucks a week to come and train with me. So um, I know him personally. I know his strengths and weaknesses. And the thing about me is like the big brother syndrome in the gym. Right. You know what I mean, you got the guy that whoops your ass. It's always going to be ingrained into your mind. Maybe it's going to be ingrained into your mind where now you want to really level up and try to go out there and beat him. You know, that, that's what happened with John Jones when, you know, with the Rashad Evans situation. Or it could be a situation where you are nervous and you're overthinking and you shit down your leg. And either way it go, is going to force Kobe out of his normal box. His normal bag is cardio. Yeah. It's hard to damage something that's pressing forward and pressing against you. He knows that. So he's located his biggest attribute and his strength because it's not his work ethic. He just naturally has a great gas tank. If he, if he would have fought me on some of those other fights uh, without a cam, because I know he wasn't with ATT, he still would have been in good shape. He's a dude that doesn't work real hard. He's a dude that will piss you off in the gym, Mike. He'll be in there and not doing shit. You'll be working your butt off, balls <laughs> to the wall, and he'll look like he's been doing the same amount of cardio. And that's, yeah. that's his gift, and he knows how to use that. And I would be an idiot not to consider that, because it's hard to punch something that's smothering you of course he can smother you for 25 30 minutes straight so it is a hard fight just because of that it's a hard fight because of the pressure it's a hard fight because of you know all that's at stake it's a hard fight because he wants to prove that you know that he can beat me and this is his whole brand. his entire brand is wrapped around me no matter the call the, the usman fight is usman is who he is because of me i'm his i'm still his biggest win i'm still his biggest conversation like, if it wasn't for me versus Usman, it would be no Kobe versus Usman. It would be no Masvidal versus Usman, right? Yeah. If I had my head on straight and I fucking took care of business at night, these fights, win, I would have been fighting to buy it. You know what I mean? All those different those opportunities. So Kobe has to beat me, and that urgency is what's going to make me go out there and just get it in. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be an insane fight for sure. Um, You know, your boy Tyson, your boy Tyson says, you know, he's always said that you, you always have a game plan until you get hit. Now, I get Kobe can take a punch. I get Kobe's been hit. But, bro, like I know you, and you've been training here at AK Thailand as well. And, dude, you pack a hell of a lot of power, bro. It's not going to be like a Usman punch. It's not going to be like some of these punches he's taken before. So it's like, yeah, he does have that pressure. But it's going to change slightly, I think, if not drastically, when he takes multitude of your strikes. I'm not going to get into it. But, obviously, we know you have a strong punch. That's been seen. But you yeah. have a multitude of strong strikes. And if you can if you can harness that explosiveness and unleash it when he comes in like that, it's gonna be a crazy fight, bro. You no,
1: know, you know I remember Mike, I remember um that aerodown workout, right? The God forbidden AKA aerodown workout in San Jose this now, now you've adopted an entire level to your gym that's dedicated to this aerodown workout. But it's basically a thirty minute workout where Doing a minute balls to the wall in there, and I'm biking a minute balls to the wall on some type of exercise. And I remember one of the exercises Bob Cook loved so much. He had this big, heavy-ass <laughs> little dummy, and he was walk towards you, and you yes. walk towards you. Smother you. You can't really back up. You got to angle off and punch, angle off and punch, and you got to punch hard. Yep. Or he's yelling at you, or pushing you, or you know what I mean. Yep. And it simulates it, and you don't like it. It's uncomfortable. I'm gonna to have to put myself in a lot of uncomfortable training situations Absolutely. similar to that because that's the only way that I'm gonna be able to do that and you know, separate, create just a little bit of distance, throw some short shots, create a longer space, fire off, keep the distance, and if you come back in, I gotta be able to repeat that over and over again because if I get frustrated like Robbie did, Robbie got frustrated, right? Don't let him take me down, keep the space, get him off of you. But he never he's never gonna stop. And over time It became draining to Robbie to even lift his arms up. You know, it wasn't like he was getting hit. It wasn't like he was out of shape, but he'll make you feel like, "Damn, am I in shape? Is he in that much better shape than me?" And I think that's what he did to Robbie, and I can't let that happen to
0: me. Yeah, no, I totally understand. I Uh I get it, and I and I see that. Um, And I know you're going to prepare right, and and I know you're motivated as shit for this fight. Um, Given the fact that it's got to, I mean, this has to be one of the most exciting fights for you to date? I mean, aside from winning a championship and those big fights, I mean, because of this bad blood you've had for so long, it's got to be, like, one of the, up there, like, one of, the, one of the biggest fights of your career as far as, like, just to prove a point.
1: Yeah, you know, not only just to prove a proof of point, I can never be a great without a without an adversary like Kobe. Like, look at yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Like, no fighter. Even George St. Pierre, you know, him and, him and um, Nick Diaz, or, you know what I mean, or, 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 or he didn't really have a lot of rivalries, but he at least had one controversial situation where people didn't know if they want to see one person win or the other person win. or You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what's, that's what's needed to be. Like, I'm on a cusp. I'm right there on the, the cusp of blowing up. You know what I mean? I got all the things that's, that I need to have. And this fight may have just it's enough people that want me to hurt him so bad that if I do it, now I'm a hero. We're yeah. not even talking about losing two fights in a row. We're talking about the kid that finally took care of Kobe Covington. Usman didn't really take care of him. He won. Yeah. But had he not dropped him twice, Usman probably would have lost that fight.
0: Yeah, you're right. And we talked so, about that afterwards because. Uh, yeah. Because we were trying to get you ready for, for getting back up there. Um, wh- what is it do you think is the most annoying thing to you mentally? Because obviously there's a lot of people that are annoyed that, that aren't on the Kobe side that are annoyed by things he says and does. Um, and then he has his fan base obviously as well. What is it that annoys you the most? That you know, obviously you say his whole act is fake and everything, but what is it that just like just really makes you roll your eyes back? Because I'm just curious. Because if it's, I see if it's the same as me, yeah. and maybe some other people that that, that I know.
1: You, you know, what's funny, Mike Water annoys me the most is the fact that normally, if someone says um I did this, I I did this to Tyrant. He's this, he's that. I'm I'm so I'm so aware of who I am. Nobody could ever really bother me by telling me I'm something that I know I'm not. Right. So it's almost like him, him saying I'm green. Yeah, right. Tyrant, I beat him in the gym. Okay. Tyron is green. Tyron is purple. And that's how I separate myself from how far the truth. But unfortunately, I have to address what he says. I have to address what he's talking about because it's not just a fight. I can't lose a press conference. I can't let him. <clears throat> I could, but. Why? When it's an opportunity to let motherfuckers know. So now I'm going to have to respond to that. He's going to respond back. And I've got to respond to that. And i got to balance and be able to stay focused, stay sharp, stay thinking about the training, and not get caught up into the jar, the jar jacking, and then the back and forth on the press conference. Because he's going to try to use everything. And mental warfare, you know what I mean? He's going to try to be racist. He's going to try to talk about stuff in my personal life. He's going to. Bluff and make up shit about the gym. He's going to ask all these questions because he was in St. Louis with me. So anything that he can turn to something, he's going to do that. Sure. And guess what? I'm going to match him and make him look stupid.
0: You know, I mean, one thing that's good for you, though, is, you know, he's doing everything in his power to get where you've been and and there's nothing anyone can do to take that away. You know what I mean? You're still there fighting when you don't have to be. You know, you could be on to music and on to acting and, and moving on with your career as as one of the greatest welterweights of all time. He's trying to get there. So no matter what he says and what he what he talks, technically, he's still trying to become and, and have the impact that you had uh results-wise and and in, in, in the UFC. Um and and is there i got to ask you this though is there because i know the story with you and him and, and how a little bit uh, how it goes back is there just like bitterness with you like i know sometimes when you help people or when you've been there for people or when you do things with people and then they turn on you and then to this yeah. to this degree where you're going to actually fight and he's saying a bunch of shit that's like maybe true that shouldn't be said uh stuff that's not true you know people can't even tell the difference is there a lot of bitterness as far as like it, it, just a loss of faith in humanity in people when, when you have to deal with something like this where a guy turns on you like this?
1: You know, I think it's hard to even put it any better than what you put it. You know what I mean? To be honest, it's like, it's a situation where we're going to have people who just basically betray us at some point of our life. Yeah, I've
0: mean. been there, man. You have people <laughs> no, that still... you've
1: invested a lot of time in. I know you understand this very well, unfortunately. Yeah. <clears throat> you invest a lot of time in energy in something or someone. And they don't, they don't, Value that, and they don't actually go back and you know what I mean try to repay that or even say thank you. Right. So in this situation, it's like this: you've been talking all this shit about fighting me, knowing that when you were talking this up, I used to torture you, like it wasn't even it wasn't even fair. <laughs> so now you got to actually fight me. So now you put yourself in a situation where you told everybody all these lies, and now you have to actually fight the person you've been telling lies about. Yeah. And you made that person pissed off. That's stupid. Yeah. So in my mind, that's the bag I got to fight out of. I got to fight out of like, oh no, you've been talking all this shit. Because you know when you're when you talking and having fun and sparring, you never get tired. So he may have the cardio. But when when I flip the switch to me teaching him a lesson and talking to him like like he might look like he a son getting a whooping, I don't think that the conditioning even is going to be to his advantage. Right. Because when you're in that zone, it's a whole different—you know—that it's a whole different zone when you're talking shit and da, da da da, and you you almost forget that you're sparring and fighting. And I think I just gotta make an ugly fight, man. I gotta make an ugly fight, and um, I got all the tools. I got everything I need. I don't need to add too much more. I just need to understand and be confident that that's enough. Sometimes yeah. we overdo it because we oh, I gotta be a circus straight. I gotta go. I gotta do seven times the amount of stuff. That i did the last time no if i was playing on sprint 25 minutes it shouldn't matter who it is
2: yeah. yeah i mean
1: when i move forward and it's me i never lose i'm never going to lose so if i'm moving forward it don't really matter what he had game plan for for 25 minutes because now you got to deal with what i got to plan. yeah and, and that's going to supersede just because you don't have it. you don't have the ability to just hit you one time it's just it's an over with like we haven't seen him display that yeah this stuff is pressure and volume
0: yeah, and and his you know his his obviously his offense being that pressure and that cardio is grinding, but it's not going to put you to sleep or submit you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so his yeah. his, his 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 strong suit is going to grind you. It's, it could wear you down. It could potentially you know he's going for more that decision style kind of kind of victory. Whereas your upside and your offense can damage him and can put him to sleep yeah. and can finish him. So it's like, it's that's what makes this fight so interesting.
1: And it's going to make him, he has to, he has to grind even more. He has to. Yeah. He knows that in the open, I pose a big threat to him. Like, out of everybody in the division, me and maybe one or two of the guys have the ability to touch him once and it's over. Yeah. You guys sat down and knocked down my Usman, and that was just a, a basic straight right punch. It wasn't like something that he had a lot of ass behind. He didn't like throw it crazy. He just threw a straight punch, and that was enough to sit you down. So cardio or not, you're already showing me that your chin, wants it's touch. you know what I mean, your body's going to be normal. You yeah. can have the greatest cardio on earth, but if you show me when I touch your chin, and I punch way harder than it and I hit you,
0: you going down yeah no I agree with you totally and uh yeah h- how much how much can he he pressure into that power and that's gonna be the question yeah. you know what I mean like you can pressure so much but when you're pressuring into clinching and pressuring into wrestling and pressuring into takedowns that's a whole different ball game than pressuring into right hands and knees and elbows and kicks and yeah. I mean it takes a toll bro Like, and you are man like I can vouch you have slaps. so much power bro hey,
1: it, it slaps <laughs>
0: slaps, whatever you want to do man but it's gonna be a it's gonna be an exciting fight out, yeah. so, so there's no there's no set date or anything like that like that it's just it's just on the horizon we're getting close on it we're getting, getting close. Real close on the
1: date though but that's so, shit, but it's, it's, it's going september, down though september october yeah
0: it's going down though
1: it's going down for
0: sure hell yeah i'm excited man i'm pumped up because i know how much you want it um and as you can see yeah. we just talked about it right before the podcast but i got my my chosen one my chosen Represent one tea my
1: god hopefully you can see that on my the guy on the, out there show. the trees eat fresh coconut and train like a madman
0: dude it's soft dude it feels good man i like this shirt <laughs>
1: <laughs> i <didn't realize>. yeah. <laughs> I've only worn it
0: one, one time before When you gave it to me But like it's super soft I'm enjoying it I might wear this for, for more podcasts
1: it. I appreciate that my guy
0: What else is going on with you man? Like obviously you got that coming up That's going to be incredible um, and, and I'm sure it's going to go back and forth It's going to be I'll have you on for sure Before that fight happens again But what else is going on with you As far as uh, outside projects Music, uh, acting Content
1: man Just content Creative content I'm doing a lot of producing now So I'm executive producing A lot of really cool content Like groundbreaking shit and I feel like for me, I'm always I'm always setting the trend for these other fighters, whether it's having your own vlog or the way you present yourself or the mm-hmm. way you attack sponsors or, you know what I mean, how you hold your ground. I really, like Usman, Kobe, I mentored those guys. Like, I have messages from what should I do about this? And, how should I do this? And, how does it feel when you become a champion? Like, I did that. It like basically free consulting. Yeah. So now it's to the <laughs> point where... I'm trying to leverage a lot of my relationships, a lot of my connections, a lot of um, unique people that have been put in my path has been very helpful. I'm going to leverage those people and um, their their base, and I'm going to leverage um, relationships to make it to make content different, make it a lifestyle versus okay, let me take a good photo with a homie. No, it's like this is my guy, we hanging out, we chilling, that's what we do. We just letting you guys see this ain't nothing new for camera, and people like that fly a lot type of footage so I got a lot of that coming out I got a nice. movie idea called Cutthroat City that came out yesterday and I think it's gonna be um it's kinda hard to get in theaters right now so it's like a couple select theaters yeah right but it's a movie called Cutthroat City written by the Riza featuring uh Shamik Moore Demetri Shift he played Tupac in a um, biopic yep uh, Terrence Howard Wesley Snipes Damn. and Sophia It's a, a lot of people in there so it's a really cool uh, deal and I got a scene with T.I. the rapper that's um, it was a good scene, so I got a chance to have an accident. So that's coming out. Well, it's out now, but it's coming out um, um, in most theaters August 21st, I believe. That's the projected day. And yeah, man, I got one more episode of the Titan game Yeah, um, coming up. So we'll see that. I'm
0: looking forward to seeing that, man. Shit. <laughs> I love how honest you were, man, the first time. You were just like, look, man, I'm in good shape. You made no excuse. You're just like, like it's a different thing. Hey, and, and, bro, and, and when I, you said I was that. I
1: like, all right, just try to condition it.
0: Hold up, though, bro. When you I'm said up. that, like, I know you, bro. And, like, when you said that, because when you got on the mic, I was going to I didn't know what you were going to say. But then you said, I was in good shape. I could take a fight. And it was good. You gave so much credit. But, but bro, right. I know your schedule, dude. You weren't like you weren't like well, in the best that. shape ready for that that come on bro you are all over i can't even keep track of where you're at bro you're all over Be, the place before when
1: i did that show i was literally in atlanta and my goal was i was supposed to come back to thailand remember yeah and this is before the pandemic so i was in atlanta getting ready for leon Evers fight when i filmed that so when i was in atlanta i'm like all right cool uh i just want to hit the pads with you know with, um, with Manu a little bit just to see how things go hit the pads and I, I hadn't planned on sitting on a train but I get there he had like one dude to grapple me, one dude to do judo one dude to box me one dude to Muay Thai him mm-hmm. hitting the pads so he was like I'm like I've been on set for 12 hours so he wanted to do a round robin so I ha- had a hard time going to sleep after that yeah. so the next morning <laughs> I wake up to do the competition and it's film and it's production and it's, it's really
0: it's a lot yeah
1: one time it ain't cut it yeah. ain't nothing, right? So, like, I'm freaking out. It's sawdust in there, and, like, they make me watch all these videos, and I'm sitting there watching the guy, because it's, it's a production, too. So, I'm watching the guy acting like I'm watching him run, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to smoke you, and like, talking shit to the camera, right? Yeah. Then they say, t- turn around, and they put you in line and say, go. Yeah. So that's it. Like, <laughs> I, I told him, I said, ma'am, I said, I know how you shooting this, because I'm not acting like I'm the, the number one producer on earth, but I know the shots she was trying to get, I said, you're to get a shot of me looking at this guy on screen, his past performances and basically saying, okay, I'm going to either whoop your ass or basically I, he's tough and it's going to be a challenge. You want me to go one direction? Yeah, right. And then we're going to get online. We're going to do this and we'll have this footage first. Then we have me uh, do it. And then we have some footage after. I said, let me do this after the race. Because I, I know the energy you need, I'm gonna give you the full energy. Win, lose, or draw, I'm gonna act like I haven't raced him yet. I'm gonna look at this camera because I'm a fighter. Like yeah. nobody talk to me when I'm in backstage. Like leave, give me my space. Yeah. Like I got my warm up going. I know exactly when I'm supposed to kind of be ready to walk out. And this one was just like don't. So we did the race. Boom. We, we. In my mind, I'm like, all right, this front, this front hurdle. Right? Should I jump it? Or should I should have hurdled that bitch because I'm like, <laughs> it was a borderline of if I was going to make it or not. And I didn't have a chance to really think about it because I was doing all these interviews and then they put me in a line. So now I got to think about it. we like in three, two. And I'm like, what the fuck do I do? One. So I took off and then two strides. And I said, fuck it. I'm going a, I'm to a fucking hurdle this one. Right. So either I hurdle and I clear and I look like a G or I hit my ankle because I haven't hurdled since. 1998, and <laughs> I get caught and I fall and fuck myself. I get hurt. Like this is all run through my mind as they're doing three, two, one. Yeah. So I I heard a bike. I heard this first thing. I look out of my right peripheral, and this dude, Country Strong, hurdled it too. Yeah. And we was neck and neck, and it kind of like it kind of mentally fucked with me a little bit because I'm like, damn, dog. Like I expected to at least get a big head start because I was faster, stronger, looking. And then we got underneath, yeah. and we had to flip no, those boxes. Le- he was legit. Your box, your box had to be flat for you to go up. So my box was stuck, and I didn't know how to get it, like to drop it down, or like that. I push it forward, and I was looking at the producers. He was gone. So most of the race, I looked at the back of his head.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he was legit, so I dude. But do hats that off. Though,
1: be honest, at that point.
0: Hats off to you for giving him credit, though. But I can't wait to see you go back there again, man, and and do that yeah, again. I,
1: I mean, I got to go back out there and unleash, you know what I mean, represents. So yeah.
0: I get another chance to go back. So me, I, I know you do films. Someone asked me this question one time, uh, not about the Grammy, obviously, but uh, about the championship belt in MMA or, or Academy. But I know you're getting into films and stuff like that. You want to do films. You want, you obviously, music is your big passion. If you had a choice and you were definitely going to get one, would you take an Academy Award or would you take a Grammy? What would mean the most for you? Not only like, uh, I guess, just for the, 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 the pride, but also for future and, and just everything. Just, just all that comes with it. Academy of War. If you could, if you knew you could get one of them, what would you choose? A Grammy
1: or Academy I mean, of War? I mean, Academy of War sounds hard, though. Yeah, bro. I mean, that sounds, I mean, the Grammy sounds dope, too. But, I mean, the only reason I would want the Grammy because I would feel like I would have the Academy of War. And for me to get the Grammy too, yeah. now the Grammy is a big deal. But if I didn't <laughs> have the both. Academy Award I had to pick, then I, I got to get that because that's like – that separates me from everything. Everybody, everything breathing is not just sport and um, entertainment. That if you got that, I mean, that's that's got to be it.
0: Dude, I did one film, and it was like a tiny-ass part. And it was like a fight. I fought the main event or the main fight of a movie. Which I So I have no – acting experience bro like i have no skills but when i was asked dude i i I, I
1: was thinking warrior
0: when i no no it was beat down but but when i was asked that question bro not the grammy but i was asked between a a ufc championship belt or an academy award i chose academy award for sure not that i can get it but if i could get it bro that's like that's like work for the rest of your life you could be 70 years old you're gonna get work you know what i mean you're gonna be doing cool shit for the rest of your life you get an academy award i i
1: i I got a feeling that, you know what I mean, after my chapter of fighting completion, I finished it the way that I, I saw the end in the beginning, you know what I mean? I finished it that way. Uh, I'm the greatest, you know what I mean? Everybody loved the hero. They love the comeback story. And fighting against Kobe gives me a lot of opportunities to, to let the fans get behind me. You know, this kid, he ain't as young as he was, but he still got the fight in him, you know what I mean? We know what he's capable of. There's been times where he didn't give us that. And, I'm trying to wonder why he's doing a lot of stuff. Is it too much? Or does he need to do that? It's a lot of questions. And I feel like a victory over him, you know, knocking him out will really answer some of those questions, yeah. you know. Because I think people see the motivation shifted. When you become unmotivated in certain areas, not saying I'm unmotivated. I'm, I'm motivated to win. Like, I train my ass off. I have no remorse and no... Um, nothing that I can look back on that, that I know I didn't push I pushed hard and that's that's why it's so confusing sometimes I've done just enough to win I've had the most dominant performances and sometimes you know you put everything you got into it and if for some reason that night enough things added up that you had to try to bounce back from that you never really got on your good foot if yeah. that makes sense so yeah but yeah you know we gotta we gotta take the gladiator piece that's the that's the stuff that make our name great
0: Hey, everybody, I want to thank our sponsor, AK Thailand, real fast here in Phuket, Thailand, the gym that Tyron and I have been talking about, where Tyron comes and trains. I want you to know it is not just for UFC level fighters, Uh, world champions like Tyron, uh, you know, amateur fighters. Pro fighters. It's for everybody. Inexperienced individuals who have no no training whatsoever. To to uh, you know maybe a little bit of training. Everybody. It's just an amazing experience. We're the highest rated destination gym in the world. Um, you can come and train with world champion Muay Thai trainers, third degree black belt BJJ instructors. You can do the airdyne, the, the the famous AK Airdyne Cardio Blast, yoga training. One of the most beautiful environments in the world. Hill sprints with ocean view. Go to the beaches. It's all here at AK Thailand. And you can save 30% if you book now. Um, we are doing a quarantine pandemic special for people that are wanting to come. All of you guys that are ready to get out of your house and come and train in Thailand. And we know that there are a lot of you. We get messages every day and we're selling these pre-sales like crazy. Uh, we're continuing to do it right now until the airports open up, which we have no idea when that's gonna be. So as of this podcast, I don't know when you're, you're watching this, maybe it's a year from now, but as of this podcast right now, um august 2nd i think uh 2020 um we are offering 30 percent discount and so go to aka and you can save 30 percent off all group training and that is non uh no expiration on that you can use it anytime in the future so if you come in 2020 you come in 2021 you come in 2022 you can literally come anytime your name is in our pos You get 30% discount on all group training for future training. You can do a week. You can do a month. You can do three months, six months, a year. We also offer education visas where you can get six months, 12 months uh, education visas with us where you can stay in Thailand, not have to worry about leaving. I have a full administration team at the gym that will take care of everything you need from your education visa, questions, travel, travel. Translation, uh, if you have runs with the cops, uh, you do something wrong, you're not wearing your helmet, you fall off your bike, you have an accident, like my administration is uh, five-star. They will handle anything that comes up for you. We are a family at AK Thailand. We'll completely take care of you. So book that training now, akthailand.com. Everything's set up. You can go on the website, book it. If you're not familiar with the gym, here's a commercial.
2: What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first
0: time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, aka Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jiu-jitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. What is your advice to, to fighters coming up? Like we got a lot of big stars coming up, you know, Sugar Shane and you got uh, Paul coming in and, and he, you know, he's a big name, possibly could, could, could become a champion. Uh, Sterling's getting a lot of hype. There's a lot of people getting a lot of hype trying to get where you were, being that champion or whatever. You were there, you know, and now you're transitioning. Yeah. you got this huge fight that you're at least you got this good fight to motivate yourself that's probably more than a belt uh, to keep you uh, motivated for this last big fight, uh, you know, to, and then decide if you want to keep fighting, get, get the belt, uh, go on to your next thing. But being where you're at in your career, what's your advice to fighters that are coming up that do get to that high level where they achieve stardom and make the big bucks? on what they should do and how they should transition once they get to that point where they should start thinking about uh, post-fighting. Now, again, like I'm not saying that's where your thoughts are. Only, and obviously, you got a big fight coming up. But obviously, when you get to the later part of your career, you have to start thinking about what's going to happen later, or you're going to have nothing. And we've seen all the fighters that don't have anything because they never thought about it, they never prepared, they never use their networks, they never did anything. What's your advice to some of these fighters that are just gung ho, wanting to be champions, you know, blowing money and 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 acting crazy, and not really realizing that there is there is life after fighting, and it's exciting. It's like a rebirth. For me, it was like a complete rebirth. You know, like it was like yeah. it was like when I quit fighting and started business full time and started building a gym and everything, it was like a whole new life for me, which was cool, and it was exciting. And and I love looking back at the fact that I had the UFC career, and I could say I fought 15 times in the UFC, and I did that, and I wasn't even to your level. I wasn't even a champion. Um, but then it was a whole new life. But what is your advice, being that you're kind of in that position where you're still taking big fights, you still could be a champion, but yet you have to also start thinking about soon you're going to be transitioning into that next phase. And, and how can you advise other up-and-comers to prepare for that?
1: You, you have to take it all head on. and You can't be afraid of the next chapter. That's really all it is. I mean, the fighters that have only fighting are the fighters that are unfortunately five, ten years on the road. We're going to look at them and it's going to like, where did they go? Yep. We're going to see them doing tasks and work or maybe not working at all. And it's going to be kind of sad for us to watch because the sport takes so much out of you mentally. It takes so much time away from other crafts, abilities, you know what I mean? Um, Things that you was passionate about that you could have done parallel. It's very difficult to do two things at once uh, with this MMA stuff. So you put your life on hold. If you got a 10, 15, 20-year career in mixed martial arts, that's 20 years. That's really your only skill and expertise. You haven't been doing these other things. and, And, you know evolution happens. The technology changes and systems, procedures, warm-ups, and all these different things to be a business. Man or woman changes and you don't have the repetition of doing it. So I would, I would, as you're getting to that final chapter of this this, this fight career, I would really start looking at what's passionate because yeah. you will find, it's going to be two birds with one stone. You're going to find sometimes that the, the politics or you know the highs and lows because it's very few people that are like at the top and treated like the best of the best of the entire time of their career. They're gonna say no to something that the UFC wants, or they're gonna, you know, be in a position where it just doesn't make sense for them. But it makes a lot of sense for what the promotion wants, and it may be at odds at some point. So when you when you find what you're passionate about, it gives you that joy. And sometimes it may not be fighting; it may be music. Like for me, at one point it was music. And then now it's production. But I'm not replacing my my main bag with that, but like my passion for that, I gotta earn to be able to do that. So the harder I train, the if I'm one time that day and I train hard and I do more, now when I go and record or I go um, write a treatment or I get myself ready to, to film, I feel like I earned it, you yeah. know what I mean? And I think if you keep that balance, is how I was able to do so much and still maintain a high level. I earned the studio, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. I, I earned to go out and go to a premiere to a, a movie premiere that I'm was in camp. But as long as I don't drink and you know what I mean, turn up and be out too late, it's not gonna kill me. I should be able. I need to go to the network because we tell ourselves in camp, don't eat, don't drink, no fat. You know what I mean, don't yeah. be out late. Don't even make us think. That you about the you know what I mean? Yeah. You can be drinking a gallon of water inside of a, an event, and everybody can be drinking around, but people just attach us with perfection, and it's not real. Yeah, it's not real. We eat bullshit food. You know, you've had the experience. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So yeah. we, we do those things, but it's like, like I tell you this all the time, Mike is all about. Life is about remember those time when moments, and I'm trying to create as many of those. Yeah. Remember that time when everybody counted me out, and I yep. came back and I won to shop again, and I was damn near 40, and like nobody had ever did that before, and I walked away like a G? That's what life's about. Like my, I wanted to walk through Usman, then beat up Kobe, then beat up a couple more guys, go up a weight class, take that belt, defend a couple more times, and then just do I fight super fights? Do I keep fighting? I don't know. And have so many options. And meanwhile, as I'm the champion, because when you're the winner and you're the champion, more opportunities come to you. It's night and day. It's not even the same. Yeah, I bet. But now all the opportunities are coming with me. Now I'm this crazy actor and I've got gold and platinum music and I'm producing my own shit. That's, that's, that would be the best case scenario. But now it's like this. Those are still the sh- things that I'm looking for. But now I got to detour and I got to go around. I got to get through this task that could be harder than the title, and then I got to find my way through. Yeah. And as I find my way through, I think I got to lean on that experience we talk about. That experience is so important because when it comes down to two things being e- even, same power, same speed, same cardio, same wrestling, and that experience, man, that that experience can take me to a, a different realm that you know what I mean. Your natural body, and your natural state can't and. And I know that I got way more of
2: that than Kobe do. Yeah,
0: for sure. And we all have fun, man. We all do fun things to relax and get our mind off stuff. And I know you've taken uh, heat in the past and even currently because people are quick to say you need to be focused on fighting, not on music, not on acting, and such and such and such. People don't understand. These are people that have no idea about fighters. Fighters, when I was a fighter, I had more off time to relax and do other stuff than I've ever had since then. And most fighters play video games, they watch movies, they party, they they don't realize some of the best fighters in the world spend so the majority of their time doing other things that have have nothing to do with fighting than fighting. And, but people just assume that they're just sitting there reading fighting books and like watching fighting videos and training all the time. It's not that's not that's the case. True. They put the work in. Don't get me wrong. But there's a lot yeah. of downtime, and I think the sacrifice never ends if you want to get what you want. And for me, of course, I had the fun times and partying right after a fight, and you know the nights out to relax. But in those down times, instead of the video games and, and doing some of the other stuff, some people go fishing and hunting and all these other things. I was always reading business books because I had that, like you said, that passion for business, right? So I filled those, th- that time with business, learning business. I wasn't out trying to do meetings and, and not getting in the way of my fight, um, but I was definitely learning about it. And that's paid dividends now that I've, that I've had my fighting career uh, finished. And now I'm in business and I'm way more acclimated to, to what business is and I've, I've had more success and I've done better because I utilize that time and sacrifice a lot of those fun, uh, you know, moments I could have done other stuff on business. And for you, you're using that time. Like when you were here, I saw you're using that time to focus on music and and other things in your off time and your downtime to get your mind off training, to relax your body and to recover between sessions. And people don't realize that. And I think that needed to be said because people don't understand that fighters, you know, at all levels, even champion level, they don't just sit around and train, you know, 24 hours a day and watch fight videos and, and, and read fight books 24 hours a day. And most of them are doing stuff that would blow your fucking mind. Like, fans wouldn't even believe some of the stuff that, that fighters yeah, actually do real. that are at the highest level. You know what I mean? And, we, and, and publicly, we've seen a couple of things that, that came up with some superstars yeah. that they've done. So it's like, it, you know, my advice, along with what you said, I agree with you, is to, to find that passion that you want afterwards as you start getting later on in your career and start learning about it. You know, start, start uh, putting some effort into it and, and pursuing that in that regard um in a way of kind of taking your mind off of fighting and relaxing and that's going to pay dividends later on when you're needing that information and you have that experience. So I just wanted to say that because you know I see you getting a hard time for it and like people don't realize they, they don't have a yeah. an idea of what it's really like, you know what I mean? Like there's a, the most free time I've ever had is when I was a fighter. I mean, yeah. I had I trained 4 hours a day, 5 hours a day, and the rest of the day I did I had nothing else to do. If it wasn't business for me, it was nothing. Like I I had nothing else to do. So, yep. you know, you have time to go ahead and set yourself up. And I, and I think more fighters need to do that um, for sure. I want to get into real fast. I want to talk about this, uh, your boy, Mike Tyson, fighting Roy Ooh. Jones Jr. Two, two of my heroes, bro, like at different times. And they were going to fight at yeah. one time and, and it fell through. What are your thoughts on that On that, that fight?
1: You know, both of those guys were my heroes as well for different reasons. And there's certain things in my fighting that I've taken from each uh, fighter even the ones that people haven't seen me use yet, you know, it's a lot of a lot of Roy Jones because I'm kind of like fast like him, and I got really long arms, you know what I mean? And I can and I can close the distance, or I can get out of the way quick. So I've been able to use some of this stuff, and then the compact explosive stuff from Mike Tyson, um, you know, I've been able to take some stuff from that. So I've, I've studied them so much. I watched so many films, so many fights from both of them. I think that if Mike Tyson touches anybody, they're going down, no yeah. matter what age he is, no so matter scary. how old he is. And I just can't see him not touching Rory at some time in this fight. Yeah,
0: yeah, my, I'm, I'm with you on that, man. I think I think in the later rounds, if he can wear Mike Tyson down, he can he can win a decision or possibly. Uh, Maybe put him away, but my pick is Tyson um, with that power, man. Like you got to consider, like Tyson had power when he was in his twenties. He's got that same power now, and and Roy Jones is in his fifties. Tyson's in his fifties. I don't think there's a human being at fifty years old that can take that many Tyson punches. If one, if one, like I wouldn't want to take a Tyson punch with the glove and a headgear on. I don't want to
1: take one. (laughs) No college prank on earth. Like I think he could kill him, bro. Dying.
0: I think he could kill him. I think brain cells being dead is just a minimal. I think literally, you could freaking give him a, I don't know. Like it, it's scary. It's a scary ass fight. And people,
1: it's, a, it's a punch that like the most terrible pedophilist criminals on earth should have to stay there and let Mike Tyson punch them one time. And if they, and if they go, they go. <laughs> That's how serious his punch is. Like you know what I mean. So I agree with you for for the same exact reason, Just that the life changing power that that Tyson has. And I think Roy Jones, you know what I mean? He was king in making people mad, so he can try to gas out Tyson, but I, I just don't see him being in that much better shape either, though. You know what I mean? I mean, he fought, fought a year and a half ago, but, <laughs> but
0: he fought a year and a half ago. But again, it's just like, yeah. I mean, I mean, Tyson might prove his his saying of, of you always have a game plan until you get hit, and. When he hits Roy Jones, that could change everything. Uh, A lot of people are also saying it's an exhibition fight, and that's going to change things because it's like they might not be going as hard. Can you imagine Mike Tyson? Can you imagine Mike Tyson an exhibition fight? Can you imagine Mike Tyson in a sparring session? If you were sparring Mike Tyson and you punch Mike Tyson in the face hard, do you think it'd be a sparring session, bro? Like he only he only does one thing, he fights. (laughs) That's
1: it. He reminds me of a bear. Yeah, there's no exhibition, bro. You look like you know you got something you want. He's going to lift up. Roar at you and scratch the shit out of you. So, I really just don't think <laughs> exhibition, they can call it what they want. Yeah, they Mike Tyson and him out. both have been at the top of the top, top champions. It's a pride thing. And pride thing is a like, anytime you ever see like a celebrity basketball, celebrity football, celebrity football, I said, I'm coming out here for ankles and egos. <laughs> I'm going for real. <laughs> I want to show everybody that I probably could have played NFL football. So, I'm going to go crazy out here. And meanwhile, my hamstring was sore my groin my hip my feet yeah i instantly was sore you know someday some attack a day or two yeah i was sore right then right there i was walking where i'm like i was dumb. so that's what's gonna happen they're going to go hard it is gonna be a full-out fight
0: that's crazy man and you were on the the hot boxing with mike tyson dude i'm so jealous of that i saw you on there How, how was that
1: you know, I was the first MMA fighter, but they just put the episodes out as your fight comes up or something important oh, okay. in your life that they can vibe off of. So when I went and, you know, I think I took some screenshots of me being there. Then then all the other fighters wanted to try to go. So all these MMA guys trying to follow me, man. <laughs> they all went on the hotline. But it was cool. It was cool to sit down. I met him two or three times earlier, and I was glad because, like, that's, like, one of my idols, like him, Muhammad Ali, Rory, and some other people that I really look up to them as an athlete and it's just their mind. I Man, he had a gorgeous mind when it came down to just being a robot and they just trained his brain to just destroy. It. So being able to sit down and have a conversation and just actually really tell him a couple of times, like, I used to watch his fights every day. And that's what kept me on the treadmill. I would watch it I thirty to sixty minutes and I would put his fights on and that, that kept me on the treadmill. And I watched every the interviews, I watched everything. And I knew him so well. I knew what he was about to do. I knew what he was setting up. But it, he motivating people in a, in a way that you don't even understand your impact. You don't even understand right, your footprint, yeah. what you're doing in people's mind. It's flattering when you hear it. Yeah. But do you understand that? And that's coming from somebody that won five world titles. You know what I mean, imagine the day-to-day, the, you know I mean? the person that, that's a school teacher that just loves Mike Tyson. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know?
0: I saw I saw Eminem just completely fanboy out on his podcast. Like it was like Eminem spent the majority of the time just saying like I can't believe I'm talking to you right now. Like uh, you know you're my hero. Like that's crazy. You know like to have that kind of impact. Crazy. But when you're a fighter like yeah. you, like yourself being a champion, when you're a fighter, it's a whole different level of celebrity than it is like with everyone else. You know what I mean? Because it's like you're an alpha yeah. male. You're you're a beast. You're like gladiators were the first like real like you know sports guys and you know and it's just like yeah it's a different level we do military tours going around supporting the troops and stuff like they they look forward to our our trips more than the celebrities coming because they love watching ufc and they felt like we i guess we kind of like proved ourselves we we you know we were accepted better um that being said as far as the celebrity thing i had anthony and sergio pettis on uh your boys um, and I asked them their most memorable fame moment, like the, like, like, I, and I know you probably have a bunch of crazy ones, but just one that stands out, theirs was smoking weed with Mike Tyson during the podcast. That was the point where they were just like, holy shit. Like my life is crazy. I've made it like, this is, this is, this is an insane situation. Do you have any that you can share where like, maybe it was a first one or an early one. Cause I know you had so fucking many, but one where you were just like an impactful one, maybe in the beginning where you were just like, wow, man, like I made it. Like I would never have been able to be in this situation if it wasn't for me being you know, in the UFC and, and having a, a belt or whatever it was at the time.
1: Um, it would have to be Mike Tyson, um, the first time I met him. The first time I met Mike Tyson, he was doing that show, right? You know, He was doing that that live show talking oh, yeah. about his life, and it was scripted real well. And I think Spike Lee got involved with it, so I would have wanted to go see the show anyway. So I had Dana up, and I was like, Dana. I never asked you for anything, dog, and I may never ask you for nothing again. Mike Tyson is coming to St. Louis, and I got to meet him. I don't cover the costs. I buy my own tickets. I don't need no freebies. I just need to know that I can go backstage and meet him. So he made a couple calls, and then when he got to the end of it, he hit me up and was like, "All right, somebody gonna be calling you in a minute." And I was like, "Don't fucking care who we done." So they called me, so I talked to Mike for a second. And I talked to his wife. And I talked to his business partner. And it basically set it up where after his show, we got to go and hang out with him, you know, have a couple of drinks, relax. And, like, it's like a private meet and greet, joint. But for me, that was, like, the biggest thing ever. Like, this is Mike Tyson. Like, like you know how many times i watched you fight? Like, it, it's just for, for me to feel that way towards him, I can't imagine if some fan feels that way towards me. Yeah. Because I'm like, why are you going to feel that way towards me? But I feel like. You, you understand. Thing. And I understand why I feel that way towards him. If that makes
0: sense. And you broke up for a sec, but you said Dana set that up, right?
1: Yeah, Dana set that up. Dude, no. the
0: funniest thing, the craziest thing from you saying that right now is like I'm. People think I, I maybe Dana's helped me out, and I've asked him for a lot of stuff because we're friends, and, and and this, that, and the other. But dude, I've, I'm like you. I've never asked Dana for anything specifically. Like a lot of even the stuff Dana's done for me, he's done on his own. Like I've never specifically asked him for something. But bro, I recently. Like I'm talking like within like a week and a half ago, asked him for something, and it literally has to do with Mike Tyson. So I'm not gonna say what it is. I'm not gonna say. Yeah. I'm not gonna say what it is. It's to be seen coming up, but uh, hopefully. But it's funny you said that because I literally went to him and and it had to do with Mike Tyson as well. And that was the one time I really asked and pulled the exact same thing that you did, man. I was like, look, here's yeah. the deal. <laughs> so funny, man. I hope it works out. I, hope I really hope out. it works out.
1: Kind of vaguely. Can kind of put it together but hopefully it works out
0: yeah for sure and then, so what about khabib gaichi real fast like uh what's your thoughts that on that i
1: love that fight i love the honor in that fight man this is like a gladiator fight this is like the the top wrestler you know they got it's the crazy. stories dad passed away they hopefully when they promote this fight they really do the saga yeah. um, treatment really like you know theatrical um spend some money on it because this is the biggest fight right now um, he's a gladiator blood knockout killer be killed type of motherfucker He's like the dude you sent out to the like, you know in the wild and he came back. He's killed every fucking.
0: Day. He's got like ears you know, on he, a chain yeah, like,
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 and then and then you think about you know um You think about Khabib Khabib's like the, the the one that went the wild that he went out and came back a wolf came out with a bear You know what I mean? Yeah, it was his they got to promote that fight like that now UFC <laughs> if you watch this podcast you use that treatment I need my percentage. But that's yeah. the way I would do it. Make it really dramatic. Make it really, you know what I mean, theatrical and bring in the, like, moments of Braveheart and Gladiator and, you know what I mean, and put it all together, 300, and let this fight be that because that's what this fight is. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is. He's fighting with everything. He's fighting for his um, unblemished record. He's fighting for his dad. He's fighting because he's the best in the world, and this is what he like to do. And that, But this is the first time we've seen him have to fight without dad. and and diversity that's going. And this is early. He's fighting early. You know what I mean? And that could be good, it could be bad, but we don't know. So now it adds a little bit of extra, um, not animosity, but add a little bit of extra, you know, um, pizzazz to the fight. You know what I mean? To the
0: party. Dude, I think you nailed it on the head on that one for sure. Like, I mean, there's such a storyline there. And it's like yeah. they, if they if they take their time and make a good promo, it's gonna put it's gonna make your hair stand up, man. It's gonna be like freaking crazy. I mean, there's so many things that happen, like you said with Khabib, and how's he gonna come back and and, and, and use that? And then Gaethje just being a beast, dude. His win over Ferguson, that's a huge win for him, bro. Like that is a huge. Ferguson when is
1: Ferguson tasted a beast so
0: long. Yeah, and he found a way to beat him. And what? so the big question is, who can find a way to beat Khabib? Because no one's ever been able to do it. Gaethje found a way to beat Ferguson. So like now it's this is the test bro this is the fight you know and it's one I'm the most afraid of for for Khabib so but I think that I think he's going to use what happened and, and his uh his his his, his down side lately and, and, and the 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 stress he's went through it's going to make him stronger. I think he's that type of guy. He's a warrior like that and that that whole like you know that whole that whole their whole group man they're just warriors like that. I think he's going to come out there with blood with blood and vengeance. For sure.
1: Yeah. When you when you think about when you think about Khabib, Khabib is always with the shit. He's always about that every single time. That's that's the way he built. When you think about Gaethje, one thing that really stuck out to me is Khabib told Gaethje to go ahead and fight Conor uh, while he deal with this with his father. He said no. Yeah. You know
2: what
1: I mean? Like think about that. Like yeah, he's telling is... you to go out there. He's giving you the big alley hoop. He's somebody that got a, a victory over over Conor, so he shares some Conor fans. He's telling Gaethje to go out there, defend his interim stridewide, take of family business, earn that big bag, change your life with this fight first. And then when you come back, I'll I'll compete against you then. And he said he found more honor in fighting for that world title than any amount of money than, than a fight against sure. Connor. Connor he made Connor second rate. When was the last time we seen that? Yeah. Besides Nate Diaz. Yeah, we never seen smoked that. Him. So now this fight means so much more because whether it's building up a big, big rematch with Khabib, which is Connor's number one, you know, uh, request, or if it's setting Gaethje up to be a bigger star than he was, and now that Connor and Gaethje fights for a title, oh, or yeah. undisputed one, and Gaethje just beat fucking K- undefeated Khabib to get it, it's, it's just setting up too many, too many good things.
0: All right, and last one real fast. Um, my next podcast guest is Daniel Cormier, obviously the one of the greatest fighters of all time, fighting Stipe. Dana obviously saying that the winner of this fight is the greatest heavyweight to to ever do it. Um, what are your thoughts on that fight, and and what do you think? Uh, how do you think that's going to play out for the second, for the well, the third time?
1: Yeah, you know, I think I think in reality that's a factual statement because the heavyweight division is just um, got these inflections of, of guys that are athletic, mm-hmm. guys that are um, has a high fight IQ, and then. One punch can knock out anybody. You throw 275, 285. Some guys may walk in there close to 300. They got to cut weight. You throw that much power, that weight behind the punch, anybody can get knocked out. So that's the reason why we haven't seen people defend the heavyweight title like, you know, George St. Pierre nine times and Demetrius and Anderson Silva. It's just that, that power is just one variable that you can't avoid. And it only takes one of them, especially when you got that much weight behind it. So when you look at what Stipe did, Stipe was like, two or three times he defended it, and that was the most. And then he, that person that defended two or three times technically would have been the best at that time. And then the best got beat by Cormier, got knocked out by him. Mm-hmm. And then the next time he fought, Cormier was winning the fight, and then he got knocked out by him. So think about what this fight means for, for those two guys, for their legacy, for the sport, and for the, the heavyweight division. So I agree, whoever wins this fight is maybe not... Maybe you saw more a, a more vicious fight out of this heavyweight for a title, but as far as what it means, this is the most important fight in the history of the heavyweight division,
0: yeah, i agree with you one hundred percent I'm gonna get into that with him as well um and i i i i I feel good about the fight for sure um and then obviously we, we uh talked about a k Thailand coming back here when this quarantine's over, i'm gonna let you know hopefully oh, yeah. hopefully after this fight man like uh or or maybe well, not before for sure you can focus on the fight, but after this fight. We'll get you out to AK yeah. Thailand, man. And, like, uh, I think uh, we need some time to enjoy Phuket, get some good training in, uh, yeah. get some healthy food, and reset ourselves. All so, right, so too. It's good food, huh? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. And, like, I, I can't wait to see you again and get you back out here. So I'm pumped for your fight, bro. I can't wait to see it. I'm I'm excited to hear it's finally happening, and, and it's going to go down, and I think it's going to be – It's going to be very interesting leading into it. Stay focused, man. Train hard. Stay in touch with me. Let me know if anything you need. Um, I'll be there for you. We're always for you. Um, We're rooting for you here in Thailand. And hopefully we'll see you as soon as it's over with, man. We'll fly out here and and get you back to Phuket and and have a little time.
1: Appreciate you, my man. You be good, brother. Take it easy. Stay safe. And um, I'll see you soon.
0: All right, brother. Much love. Take care. All right, there we go, Tyron Woodley, my boy. I miss him, man. I miss him so much. We had so much fun when he was here, and it looks like the fight with Kobe is official. Uh, no date, and I know how that goes. It, it's official y- until until everything is one hundred and twenty percent. You can't announce a date. Um, so it is official. They're going to fight, which we knew anyway. But uh, it's good to it's good to hear both sides one hundred percent confirm it, and. Uh, I think this is going to be a very interesting fight. I know Tyron very well, and I know how motivated he is to beat Colby. I know the history. Um, you know, when you help someone out and, and they kind of turn on you, it, it creates it creates some bitterness and some anger and some emotion, and, and, and emotion is a dangerous thing when you fight. I, I've fought on emotion my whole career. Some of my best wins I've ever had have been some of my most emotional for whatever reason. Um, I think it's a great fight for Tyron. Uh, and then, and then he can do what he wants, you know. I think uh, a win over Kobe puts him in a position where he can continue to, to go for the title or he can take super fights. He can he can kind of do what he wants with his career after that. So I, I hope it's a good fight. I know Kobe's a tough opponent. I'm not trying to downplay Kobe one bit. He is an extraordinary fighter who, who put up a hell of a fight against Usman, and he's going to be a tough fight no matter what. He has great pressure, but I do know that... Uh, that Tyrant has so much more to offer than he's shown lately. And he's got so much power and he's got so much motivation to beat this guy. And it's going to be an incredible fight. I'm, 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 as you can see, super pumped up uh, team Woodley. So uh, anyway, I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I think it was a great one. Great conversation. Um, even though I talked to him a lot, it's, it, I think it was an amazing conversation to have and talk about things we've never talked about before. I hope you enjoyed it. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, leave a comment, let us know what you think. If you're on the audio platforms, SoundCloud, Stitcher, um, iTunes, Spotify, you can you can review us and you can uh, subscribe to us there as well. Thank you all so much for the support, and we'll see you next time.